Welcome to the Enchanted Ears Podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joe. And on today's episode, we're going to be counting down Disney's biggest mistakes at the theme parks. So we're going to be looking at their shortest lived attractions. You know, the we've talked a lot about the Star Cruiser lately that only lasted 18 months, um, which is pretty short. It's not the shortest attraction or experience, though, ever um, at Disney theme parks. There's actually been a couple that have been shorter. So, you know, looking at that and kind of looking at, like, what are some other things that didn't go well at Disney? There's quite a few. So we're going to be <laughs> going to be counting down uh, Disney's biggest mistakes here. And I still would say that the Star Cruiser was not a failure. It just financially was not lucrative, I guess, for them. So yeah, yeah, not a not a failure. I think, especially compared to some of these other ones, where yeah, some of these are just straight bad. Yeah, and they didn't last a long time, and it's very clear why they didn't last a long time. But yeah, you're right. I think the the Star Cruiser not necessarily a failure, just maybe ahead of its time there. Before we jump into the news, though, I do want to mention that next week we will be off. No show next week, taking a little summer break, but we will be back the following Monday with a new show. All right, so all of our news is actually over in Disneyland today. So we will start with phantasmic news. So, Angela, good news, bad news. What do you want first here? Always the bad news. Always the bad news. Okay, the bad news is that when phantasmic returns, Maleficent in her dragon form, the fire-breathing dragon, will not be returning. No! So they are getting rid of it from this show. We never got the chance to see it. No. Um, It actually caught on fire like a couple weeks before we went to Disneyland recently. Mm -hmm. So, like, we just missed it. Um, and it, they're not bringing it back. The uh, the dragon was actually named nicknamed Murphy because after Murphy's Law, because everything that can go wrong will go wrong. And that dragon <laughs> always had problems. So I think Disney took this as a sign to just get rid of it. I think a lot of people called that that was going to happen. But it will be returning. So the good news is Fantasmic will be coming back. It's going to be spring of 2024. So we have a little bit of time to go before the show returns. But yeah, unfortunately, um, we won't have the dragon in it. So I'm wondering what they're doing instead, because I feel like if they're taking that long to to bring the show back, if they're not bringing the dragon back, which is the broken part, they're going to do something bigger and better um, or something at least comparable to rework it so that people aren't disappointed when it. Yeah, I mean, they mentioned that Mickey still back. will be badly Maleficent. So I think they're going to rework that portion of the show. There's definitely they've run the show before when the dragon wasn't working because I, I saw a video of it kind of in like a B mode. So they've done this before, but yeah, I imagine they'll they'll rework it somehow to put something else in it. So yeah, a little bit of good news, bad news there. Um, and then also at Disneyland, they announced that on September 12th, uh, more sit-down restaurants will be serving alcohol. So the Carnation Cafe, oh, Riverbell yeah. Terrace, and Cafe Orleans, you'll all be able to purchase alcohol at, which Ugh. I kind of have mixed feelings on this. I don't. Um, I don't have mixed feelings at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it seems like you know Disneyland was always... Um, very famously, uh, I yeah, could not buy alcohol at, um, then with Oga's Cantina, they had alcohol and then I believe, uh, Blue Bayou got it. So more places are getting it. I mean, you can obviously go over to DCA, but yeah, I kind of feel like one, you don't need to buy alcohol there, but it also seems like this is a way for Disney to upsell you, you know, adding alcohol to these sit down restaurants. Now they're just going to get more money out of each table. So it seems like they're kind of doing it because it's like, Hey, Less people come to the parks. Let's get them to spend more whenever they're sitting down at their meal. So it it doesn't really look that great. Yeah, I think that, you know, going back to Walt Disney, he was very much opposed to selling alcohol in Disneyland. So I kind of just feel like, you know, when you're at Disneyland, you don't need a beer. Like, you, you just don't. Like, I don't need to drink a cider. I don't... 
if if there are specialty carts because they do have them like you can get alcohol in Disneyland and some other place. I just don't think it needs to be readily available. What's it? That's Oga's Cantina was the first place to get it. So whenever they put in Galaxy's Edge and they had Oga's Cantina, that was the first place you could get alcohol in Disneyland. And then I think a year or two after that, Blue Bayou got it. So I think a lot of people were like, well, that kind of opened the floodgates. Of course, they're just going to roll this out to everywhere. Um, but yeah, it, it seems like you really don't need to put this in all the restaurants. I do have a question because, and this might make me seem dumb and maybe you know the answer to this. DCA, is that a different animal though? Like, cause yeah, I, that's what I said. Yeah. You can get alcohol in DCA. Okay. Because yeah. I, I was going to say the cart that I got the, um, the cotton candy mimosa was in DCA. Correct. Okay. So that makes sense. Yeah. I think it's kind of like, um, you know, Walt Disney World, Epcot, the whole yeah. thing is drinking oh, around yeah, the yeah, world. Yeah. You yeah. can get alcohol anywhere and walk around with it whereas like at magic kingdom it is very much kind of still at like the sit-down restaurants yeah i mean i'm sure that a lot of people that go there they're just gonna have like a beer i just i I think about also how crowded sometimes it gets at disneyland and it's like you don't want anybody being like drunk and rowdy right and i think that's why again that's probably disney's point of like well we're just doing it at the sit-down restaurants you know we can control it it's not just people walking around you know buying stuff at a cart like you do at epcot um, but yeah, it does. It, it seems like one is just a way to get more money off of people. And two seems kind of unnecessary. Like if you really want something, go to Oga's, go over to DCA. Like it, yeah. I don't know. seems kind of unnecessary. Yeah, I don't but. like it. All right. So let's get into our main topic here. The biggest mistakes Disney has made at the theme parks. And we're going to be counting down based on the longest lasting versus the shortest. So we're going to start here with kind of a combination Alien Encounter and Stitch's Great Escape. And I think you could probably make arguments on which one is a, a bigger mistake. Should they have even made Alien Encounter? Uh, but definitely the transfer to Stitch's Great Escape was pretty bad. But between the two of them, they actually lasted 21 years. So again, pretty good time, pretty good run in terms of some of these other attractions and experiences. But Alien Encounter ran from June 1995 to October 2003. And then Stitch's Great Escape went from November 2004 to January 2018. And for all of these, uh, if you're interested in like seeing more, because maybe you didn't get to experience them because some of these are older, we will put links uh, in the description to ride-through videos for all of them on YouTube. Because some of these, we'll, we'll kind of explain some of the stuff, but they're pretty fascinating to see. And it's almost, yeah. it's almost amazing some of the stuff that... I can't believe Disney did this yeah. to a certain extent on some of these. So if you're interested in going back and watching these, we will put links in uh, in the description for all of these. But starting with Alien Encounter, um, I think we've talked about Alien Encounter before. Mm-hmm. It was kind of, you know, mid-90s. It was the height of Michael Eisner's like grand expansion let's plans. Let's Disney too. Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. kind of change... What it is, you know, his, the, the stories kind of go that he had, uh, you know, his kids were teenagers and they were like, I don't want to go to Disney. That's for, you know, for babies, for little kids. And he, yeah, he wanted to grow this up, expand to a bigger audience. So he had this idea for a, a somewhat scarier, more intense attraction. And what's interesting is it was originally supposed to be based on the movie Alien. And in like a lot of the promotional videos, I feel like the Alien was more akin to um the xenomorph from alien i actually remember um the commercial i I looked it up uh as part of this but i remember seeing this as a kid i think we were at 
Disney around this time, either before it came out or right around when it came out. And I remember this being on TV. I had to be like six or seven. And it scared me. Like I was petrified of this ride. And if you don't remember, I'll, I'll put a link in the description of the commercial as well. But it's the alien escaping. The goo is dropping on you. I mean, it was extremely scary and and violent for a Disney attraction. And I remember you know, it really freaking me out and being like, I never want to ride this ride. Like, what is this? This isn't Disney. This isn't fun. That really set the tone for it. Um, and so ultimately, they, they didn't get the rights to Alien. But interestingly enough, George Lucas at one point came in to help with the story, which I think is kind of interesting. I don't ultimately think it, they went with his idea. Um, but at one point, he kind of pitched some ideas here for this as well. Yeah. Luke, St- Luke Skywalker just came in and uh, he rescued you from the alien. He I'm, cut it up with a lightsaber. That actually would be pretty cool. That would have been awesome. That would have been awesome uh, if he did this. But but it opened in December of 1994 in a soft opening and ended up having to close and be retooled because Michael Eisner didn't think it was scary enough. And so he wanted it to be scarier and he wanted Imagineers to update the pre-show to reflect the darker tone of what people you know, we're going to get into and going back and looking at the pre-show, it, it definitely reflects that tone. The The whole pre-show itself is very off-putting. The uh, it It's this whole like company called XS, um, like the letters X and S. Um, the aliens on there do not look friendly at all. They're very like off-putting, um, kind of odd looking aliens. There's a lot of talk about them. Like, oh, a lot of people think we're just trying to use Earth for profits. We're not like that. Like, very, like, shady corporation type stuff. Um, the the alien sk- Skippy in the test gets fried in an example, and the, the robot just tells him to shut up. Like, literally says, shut up and stop complaining, which I'm kind of, like, taken aback by, like, wow, yeah. like, this is unlike anything else you'd see at Disney. And so I, I can see why with those updates, like you, you really do get the tone of like, this isn't something that I'm used to here. That's like literally a phrase that drives me crazy. I don't know what it is, but I feel like it's so rude. I don't like in my classroom. I don't allow those words. Like, and I don't try, I don't use them. Yeah. Like I, I was kind of like taken aback yeah. watching it. Like it jumped out at it's me. It's just interesting to me because like, I think that that's worse than like a lot of swear words. Like there's something about that phrase I, that just really, I don't know. It just really bothers me. But yeah, it's interesting that Disney would use that. Yeah. And again, I think it goes to the point of they're trying to be edgier, trying to appeal towards teenagers, let people know what they're getting into. I will say that alien in the pre-show really well done animatronic, but, um, but yeah, just kind of just like all really odd. and, And I can see how it sets the tone, the actual ride itself. So going back and looking at it, it seems very slow. Like not a lot happens for a while and a lot of it's in darkness before the alien even even appears, there's a lot of just stuff on screens that you're watching. And it seems like it took a minute or two. And at least from watching it, it felt like it took a while before the alien even kind of showed up. Um, again, which was interesting. I was expecting it to, to kind of just like jump right into it. So I would have written this in, I believe, like 1997 because my parents took me down when I was nine years old and I did ride this ride and it didn't, it, it, there was a lot of not happening that 
is very much adding to the suspense because I remember like I don't remember anything about that trip but I remember riding Alien Encounter and being kind of petrified um and I remember like it breathing on my neck and it, it was definitely like a terror building kind of thing. Well, but again, that doesn't even happen until a few minutes in. That, yeah, that's my yeah. whole point of like, yeah, once you get into that, but, but I think if you, if you don't know, like if you go in not knowing that that's coming again, it's just a lot of like looking at a video screen, which, which I just found kind of odd. Well, Yeah. But it builds the story of there's this creature that is, you know, this big dangerous alien. And now, Oh my gosh, it busted out. And then it's like, where did it go? Where did it go? Thing. Yeah. Even, even like before that though, there's it's, it's this whole idea of they're doing a um, demonstration of their transportation technology. And it's just them talking a lot about the transportation. Uh, it takes a little bit of time to get in, which is one thing that when it switched to Sw- stitches, great escape, kind of changed like it got to stitch a lot quicker like there wasn't as much of that like prologue story about what they were doing you kind of mm-hmm. get in and then quickly stitches there uh and then he breaks out i think it kind of goes to like a lot of disney rides like the enchanted tiki room which we're actually going to talk about in a little bit the original enchanted tiki room was a much longer show and then mm-hmm. they've shortened it because of audience attention span and trying to get more people through. They made it shorter. I think it's kind of the same thing with Alien Encounter. Rides used to be a little bit longer because capacity wasn't as big an issue. There weren't as many people. You know, they, they wanted to draw out the story and then they needed to tighten things up. But yeah, ultimately, Alien Encounter did not work just because it was too dark. It was too edgy, too scary. People didn't want to ride that when they went to Disney. Maybe people didn't know what they were fully getting into. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm sure my parents would not have taken me on that ride had they understood exactly what it was. Yeah, they didn't see that commercial. I, like I said, I saw that commercial. There was no way you're getting me on that ride as like a six or seven-year-old kid. But they switched it to Stitch. And, it, and the problem was with that, they almost went in the opposite direction. Like it became almost too kid-friendly. They kept most of the show, like the pre-show still had Skippy in it. But instead of him um, getting fried as he was transported... He was just there as um, basically a criminal. So the whole idea with uh, Stitch was is they were transporting these aliens that were criminals to this jail. And so Stitch was one of them that comes in um, in the main thing. The the pre-show robot, the one that told Skippy to shut up uh, in the first one, he's still in there. But again, they've kind of redone his body to make him a little bit friendlier. So they, they used as much as they could. The main rod is basically the same, except instead of a scary alien in the middle, it's Stitch. And again, it just, it just became too kid-friendly, and it kind of became a joke to the point where people are like, it's not worth riding more than once because there's really not much of a story to it. It's really not that interesting. Again, it lasted 13 years, though, and then it kind of like slowly died. It, it went to the fast pass entrance was removed um, when they went to Magic Band. So there was no fast pass anymore because the demand wasn't there. In October of 2016, it actually went to seasonal operation. And then it closed in January of 2018. But there wasn't an official announcement that it officially closed for another two years. So it wasn't until 2020. I, like I, re- I remember talking about that on our podcast. Yeah, People I- were like, oh, is it coming back? Is it not coming back? So it, it died a slow death. Disney kind of just let it go away um, and not bring it back. But yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting thing of how they went you know, really hard in one direction. It didn't work. And they kind of turned around in the other direction and that didn't work either. I think this is a really cool idea for a ride. I think they needed to incorporate more aspects to it because there is one thing that kind of I keep going back to whenever we're talking about it. And it's the fact that 
people who are visually impaired, I think that this would actually be a much more interesting ride for them because there's an audio component and then like a sensory component. And I know that humans are generally visually driven and I'm sure that that's why this ride probably failed. But you have to imagine that there's probably a section of the population that really enjoyed this ride because it was something that they could really almost fully enjoy as well as everybody else. Like it, it is a, it's a cool concept for a ride. I, I kind of would like to see them maybe bring it back in a different way. Yeah. I think it's interesting because now they own Fox, which has alien. So now they have the rights to alien. And I almost feel like if they would have had that, you know, 20 years ago, if you would have just made this ride alien, people would have immediately know going into it. Okay. That's, you know, that's an R rated movie property. It's for adults. It's going to be scary, but yet, it has characters that you're familiar with. And so it's going to be interesting to go there. So it's not just some random alien. It ties into a universe um, that you know that you could make it work. So I think there's just like all these things added up that it just didn't work at the right time. They didn't have the right property. They tried to put IP in it, but Stitch just really isn't the right IP. So ultimately it, it kind of failed. And now that building's just still sitting empty. Who knows what's going to go in there ultimately. All right, our next one is uh, the Enchanted Tiki Room, but the version in uh, Tiki Room under new management. Um, This is at Walt Disney World. This ran for almost 13 years, so a pretty long time, uh, again, for something that, I mean, I think is pretty bad if you, i would definitely watch this one um if you're gonna watch any of this but it ran from april 1999 to january 2011 and again this is another one that it is in the 90s when disney's trying to update trying to they think they need to be more relevant they think they're kind of losing relevancy and they need to change things and so the tiki room was like and it wasn't called the Tiki Room. It was called Tropical Serenade uh, in Walt Disney World originally. But they're thinking, nobody wants to see that anymore. We need, to, we need to freshen this up. Let's change it. Let's put it under new management. I really, the thing I, I find very interesting about this, and we will come back to this theme later on, is in this time period, the way that they made things relevant was by incorporating more of Hollywood into it. So, for example, Clyde and Claude, wait, Clyde, Clyde, Claude and Clive, I believe. I, yep, I always forget. Clive Birdbrain. Yeah. So those two birds that have heard of the pre-show um, in Walt Disney World, which are really great, were they were completely changed, and their names were William and Morris, and they were Hollywood agents. And I absolutely hate this. This is a terrible storyline. It was I, I it helped to introduce you to the fact that I guess they were trying to recruit the birds. I don't know. That, but it just it's just Well, it was a, the whole thing. They were they were the agents of the the new owners. Yeah. Uh, of just, of the thing. And and to your point, you, you bring up and you hit on a great point here. The updating was a lot about Hollywood. And if if you go back to again, this was kind of when Michael Eisner was running the company, Michael Eisner was very much a uh, Michael Eisner was very much somebody that came out of Hollywood. Before yeah. he came to Disney, he was part of I, I want to say it's Paramount. I'm not 100 percent sure it was on that. Fox, but yeah, you might be. No, right. I don't think it definitely wasn't Fox. I think it might have been was Paramount, might have been Universal, but he ran a studio. So yeah. he very much was in the movies, and that's one of the reasons why they brought him on because they needed somebody to revitalize um, the Disney studios and things like that. So he very much was somebody that was 
you know, in, into the studio system, celebrities, Hollywood, all that sort of stuff. And you're hundred percent right. I mean, there's, there's some other ones here where it very much is driven by Hollywood and celebrity. Um, and this was one of them. So what they did is the, the new managers were Iago and Zazu. So again, two birds, they at least made sense that they're birds taking over the tiki room and then yeah william and morris reference to the william and morris talent agency oh, were I didn't, I didn't get that were um were, were their agents and so you go in and it kind of starts the same in terms of oh, the tiki room can i please go on can i talk about this real quick yeah sure go ahead because this i this is the part that maybe irritated me the absolute most so i'm watching this video earlier today and i hear them start to sing the tiki room and i'm just like in the tiki tiki you think everything's good i'm so happy because i love this song and then all of a sudden i hear gilbert godfrey you know iago's very raucous like raw voice interrupting my song and and telling them to stop because he doesn't like it and i'm like oh no 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 you can't do this the sherman brothers wrote this did you know that Iago, do you know more than the Sherman Brothers? I think not. Yeah, it, it became this very meta thing where, yeah, Iago's there and yeah, he interrupts them and goes, "This show's not gonna work. We need to update this show." Like it's it's very oh. much again this whole thing of like, it's we're, meta. It's we're, like, yeah, we're Hollywood, and this is outdated. Like, like we're acting, like we're we're birds, but we're the actors. Like we play Iago and we play Zazu, but like we're we're these characters. And yeah, he's he's interrupting them. And then from there, they sing. Iago sings a version of "Friend Like Me," and then Zazu. Yeah, but then Zazu kind of comes in, and I think you know he's defending the original. And then they they sing just actual songs. So they sing conga. They sing hot, hot, hot. They sing the still of the night, which, yeah, which I actually liked. <laughs> which I got to say, though, when they sang hot, 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 um, a disco ball comes out. And I was watching this and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. They put a disco ball in <laughs> the tiki room. room and the tiki starts singing doo-wop at this which point. Is, yeah, the still of the night. Yeah. Right? And, and it's like, what is happening? Like, who thought this was going to be a good idea. Like okay. what, like what have you done Disney? Okay. So this is what I think they were thinking because there was a part of this as much as I did hate some of it that spoke to me. And it was the fact that this very much reminded me of something my dad would have enjoyed because whenever they were singing the still of the night, like I could hear my dad singing it. And like a lot of those songs were pretty popular back then. So it became kind of a relevant was popular in the 90s. I mean, I those mean, are like, older people know, songs. I know, but people know older, Conga older and Hot, Hot, Hot. Like, those were kind of almost like probably, again, for like my parents' generation, probably like their pop music. But I think if you're trying to make it relevant for the times, that's not making it relevant. Well, again, I it's think, just, okay. I think, though, today, like think about millennials and how a lot of the media now is focusing on us, you know, bringing out, hey, like, Let's make a movie about Mario. Let's make a movie about Barbie. Like, and I'm not saying yeah, but Barbie they, doesn't encapsulate if they all of just millennials. Singing, uh, bye 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 in the tiki room. I would have lost my mind. I, but, but I would you, lose my mind. But you would say, what happened to all the tiki songs? Like, like well, if they put the tiki songs in there, still, I would sell out for so, bye bye bye. Okay, so you like this, but I I could not believe I didn't what like was this. happening. I mean, I was, but I have a take on it. I was watching, and, and yeah, and I I think the I think the point is they they did they took out the song so they start with the tiki room and basically to your point once once he gets interrupted it is all 
it's all covers of other songs at and a that lot of them are short too they're short and, and the thing i noticed I, I for a while i was like what happened to the birdmobile what happened to the tiki's what happened yeah. to the singing flowers they don't come in until basically the very end so th- because again they're not singing any of their songs towards the end yeah they, the tweet 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 song yeah, is not there they do come in the one thing i did like about this and so this is why there is no fountain at the Tiki Room in Walt oh, Disney World yeah. is because they have a Tiki God come out. So instead of... She th- looks amazing. Right. That animatronic was phenomenal. And I actually think they should like have kept that and somehow work that into the, the show. Instead of the birds singing and awakening the Tiki Gods and then causing the rain and everything like that, Iago just being there and insulting everybody <laughs> and making them sing all this other stuff causes an actual Tiki God to appear. And she like zaps him away and, and like burns him. And then he appears. So he disappears from where he is. And then he shows up again because again, they start He's like all bandaged up. Yeah. And they start singing. And then he comes in, he goes, this show is going to be great. We're going to make a fortune again. It becomes all of these things become all about money yeah. and like Hollywood. And it's just so weird. Um, it was it's again it's just so odd to to kind of see this i really enjoy how the one gripe the, that iago has with the show is that it's not relevant any like en- enough and so it's going to basically fail and yet this version of the ride failed and then they brought back yeah. the tiki room after they got rid of this right. but i will say one thing that i take away from watching this and i i hate i love the tiki room how difficult is it to, pro- to like to program and run a different show? Couldn't they do like, I actually really like some of these hot, like newer songs or like some of these you like popular the karaoke songs. Tiki room. You want them to do karaoke? Tiki well, room no, here. Tiki room is karaoke. Again, but, they're not, but I like, think that's again, thing, if they're the not, Tiki birds sang bye, bye, bye. No, once that would be or once or twice a day. No, and no. again, they're special showings and no, you have to just go never. in for that. What are you saying? What I just think, saying? okay. It's, first of it, all, it reminds, first of all, <laughs> They're never going to get the rights to songs like that. No, second, but that would be terrible. Nobody wants to hear that. No, and I want I the boy band birds. I think it's funny. I think it's funny to your point. Iago's talking about being irrelevant and yet all the songs they sing are from like 20 years ago. And so it's like you're not making it relevant at that point. But no, no, do not put boy band songs in the Tiki Room at all. But ultimately, I don't know. The reason Once a day. It's just reason, like a special thing. Like like one of the, the Halloween if, Halloween outfits of the different rides. Just have a special, run a special if thing. If you agree with Angela, please let us know. Send me a message. Reach out to us I'm on Instagram. I'm not saying replace it. I love it the way it is. But reach yeah. out to, reach out to us on Instagram at Enchanted Ears Podcast because I don't think anybody agrees with that. But the only reason this is not around it's not that Disney closed it because they thought it wasn't popular. A fire broke out. I'm gonna put, put that in quotes because I'm not <laughs> saying I'm not saying there's somebody out there that went, Disney's never getting rid of this show. Let me like kick over a candle here and start a small fire. I'm not gonna say that because I have no proof of that happened. But a fire broke out. It wasn't significant, but it oddly enough just destroyed the Iago animatronic to the point that he was going to need to be replaced. And so they decided, well, since it damaged the animatronic and some of the building, again, the whole thing didn't burn down. It was kind of contained pretty well. We're just going to turn it back to the old version and we'll call it the Enchanted Tiki Room. So on January 12th, 2011, something happened. We don't know, but a fire broke out. And that's, that's why under new management is gone. Again, this isn't one where a lot of these other ones, you know, Disney decided to change it because it wasn't popular and they got pushed back. It was because 
um, there was damage and they were going to have to go in and fix it anyway. So they said, let's just put it back and make it Enchanted Tiki Room and go back to nostalgia because that's what people want anyways. So I wonder, because, you know, over one of the biggest differences we noticed between Disneyland and Disney World is Disneyland has that beautiful fountain that comes up in the middle. So is is the Tiki God still sitting in the middle, just completely co- collecting dust? That's a good point, because, yeah, why would you not? Maybe not. They probably took the Tiki God out, but then they were like, we don't have enough money to put the fountain in. Like, I could just yeah. see them doing that. Yeah. They're like, that's the budget cut. Um, but, yeah, I, I imagine that. That Tiki animatronics probably somewhere else now. They, they reuse a lot of animatronics. So, all right, moving on. So apparently you like that. So you want to see, you liked, not necessarily under new management, uh-uh. but you like the new song. So you want to see. Um, Iago is awful. And I actually, I like the character You want to see Tiki Room Pop 2K. That's what you want. Z- they can even bring the Zazu little guy. He was fine. See, that's the problem. You like Zazu because you like Lion King, and then you just want you want your pop, 2K music, you want NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, Spice Girls. You want, that's the tiki room you want. All right, whatever. Hey, you can dream, right? I think, I think you're crazy. Okay, listen, if they put in Despacito, oh man, lose it. Moving on. Now we're getting into very short-lived attractions here. So journey into your imagination. This lasted two years. So this was the redo of journey into imagination which was the original attraction that is with figment and the dream finder much beloved attraction among disney buffs but in october 1999 they brought around this new version of it called journey into your imagination and it was so bad it only lasted two years until october of 2001 angela i know you watched the original one i I don't remember ever riding the original Figment. I'm sure I did. Um, but I know you watched it and you, you kind of thought it was a little bit scary at points, a little bit disjointed. Yeah, it was very difficult because the ride video, uh, you know, it was this it's an old been, video. Yeah, yeah it's like it would have been filmed movie. before Like in the mid-90s. Yeah. yeah. So this is probably a camcorder. So it is very difficult because the focusing on the camera is off and everything. And it sounded to me like the the noises were like a cacophony, um, like they kind of all blended together. There wasn't like very clear between the rooms. Um, it was not a great experience watching. Uh, visually, it didn't seem super interesting. But again, it was because I think the camera yeah. couldn't. I think it was one of those ones where watching it isn't as good as being there. I yeah. I do think though. So compared to what they changed it into, I do see why people enjoyed the original one you have figment which figment's great and and two i get with the dream finder there's more of a story like there was at least a story there. you have the dream finder he's you know searching for imagination figment is one little spark you have the song one little spark of inspiration he is the personification of imagination to your point i mean it's not it was never the most high tech involved dark ride there i mean the sets were kind of sparse in some areas. It, you know, it, it moves slow. Maybe the story was a little disjointed, but it's much better than what they did because whenever they updated it, they went, okay, what does everybody love about Journey to Imagination? They love the Dream Finder. Let's get rid of him. They love Figment. Let's get rid of him. They love that Sherman Brothers ditty, One Little Spark. Let's get rid of it. They literally got rid of everything oh, people loved about this ride 
and completely changed it, and it's called Journey into Your Imagination. Well, and now it's, it's even better because they started the ride off by insulting everybody. They do. That's the thing. They start the ride off. So the whole idea is, is they're you're going into your imagination, and you know, it's the other one you were you were seeing imagination. You're, you know, they had um, artists and musicians and, and kind of seeing how creation and inspiration take place but yeah this one comes in and literally the ride starts they do a scan of you go check this out on youtube if you want to see it they do a scan and they go well not much going on upstairs imagination wise to you in the cars and they're like you'll be perfect for our experiment like come on in you guys have nothing going on like that's not a great way to start a ride when you insult the guests and so uh it became about like the five senses and not imagination and the other great thing about this is when they were redoing it, they decided they were going over budget. So their solution to that was, we'll, they'll just shorten the track and we'll just use less of a ride. So the original ride was actually longer uh, than the redo. And they just said, hey, let's just cut the ride so we don't have to do as much theming here. I don't know. Again, I mean, some of these things you look at, and you're like, who thought this was a good idea? Like, who thought putting a disco ball in the tiki room was a good idea? Who thought taking everything out of the the ride that people like the song the characters the length of the track and just redoing all of that and then insulting you about it was going to be a good idea very very confusing but i can see why this one only made it two years yeah i think you have you bring up a lot of really good points there um and now we have like almost sort of a blending of the two they put figment back in but we still have a lot of the focus of the last one where it's like the focus is on the senses and they haven't like fully yeah, they kept nigel it. yeah so like nigel's in it um yeah and, you know he's still in it a lot of the effects are, are still in there so like the the butterfly in the cage and the whole like upside down room those are from the journey into imagination redo but you're right we got figment back we got one little spark back so it kind of was like this way of like okay how can we fix this quickly so that fans are happy with this. And I think the easiest thing was like, all right, we'll just add Figment back in because we can't go back and add the Dream Finder and do all that stuff again. That was going to be too costly. So it very much was like a Band-Aid to the problem. But again, still better than that one version we had for a couple of years. I will say this This is the uh, this is the podcast of Angela having unpopular opinions. I think the one thing that they need to fix is Figment. <laughs> um figment just like the look of him like so, like soften his features a little bit yeah figment i think he, i gotta love figment. is not he i don't like his yellow eyes um and i just think that he could be so much cuter look how cute this figment is i have my little figment bank from it says epcot center from back in the day he looks so cute doesn't he it's his face. Like, oh, his face is so I cute. I really like the figment ears because I think that they rounded out some of his features and also his voice. I do not like figment's voice. It is irritating yeah, to me. It can be a little, it can be a little sharp. So his I features can be a little bit sharp. I too. love yeah. the idea, the idea of figment, but I think that he could be more well executed. I do got to say real quick too, the original figment ride. I now see why people get so excited when figments in his yellow sweater because he wore that in the original one. And so I'm like, oh, I get why people are like, oh, it's his yellow sweater. Like, it's it's a big deal. It's kind of a throwback to the original. So, all right, our next one here, again, another one that made it about two years. So from May 1998 to September of 2000, this one's over in Disneyland. It is Rocket Rods. And this was an interesting one because it was an attempt to make the People Mover a high-speed <laughs> ride. Again, I, I mean, I don't know who comes up with some of these ideas. People who are not like Disney World stands, I think, because 
before going to Disney World like a lot, I would have probably said people mover. It moves too slow. Let's fix it. Let's make it faster. But I think that the part of the charm of the people mover is moving around the park slowly and getting to watch everything below you. Yeah. And, and that's what is wrong with this. And ride. I get now why people want the people mover back at Disneyland because watching the video of this, the people mover track covers a lot of ground at Disneyland. It goes past the Matterhorn, the monorail, Autotopia, um, over like where Finding Nemo is. Like it, it really covers some space. Like over in Disney World, it's Tomorrowland. Yeah, you get a good view through like Space Mountain and now Tron. But like it goes through like a third of the park over at Disneyland. So yeah. I could see why people are like, bring the people mover back because the track's still there. But yeah, so they, they wanted to update the people mover. So they said, let's make this a high speed ride. So the people mover, it used to take 16 minutes to cover the track. This ride did it in three minutes. Oh my God. So it was like one fifth the time um, to do this. And then it also, it took away. So not only did it take away the people mover, it took away the circle vision. They used to have a circle vision show in Disneyland as well. A 360 degree circle vision theater. They combined the two together to make this ride. Um, I think that became like part of the queue. The queue was probably the best part of it because it had old like ride vehicles uh, and nods to old attractions like the old monorail and the people mover and the old skyway and things like that. Um, so that was probably the best part. But the problem with this ride and what ultimately was its undoing is they they couldn't get a sponsor to really like put in money for a good pre-show or they wanted to do banked turns because again, when you're going that fast, you need banked turns. You just can't like yeah. you know, churn. And they couldn't get a sponsor, so they were like, well, we're not going to put the money in to do bank turns. So it was constantly starting and stopping. Yeah, I noticed that in the video where it, they would be like rushing forward and, and then, then all of a stop, sudden yeah, like kind of slow to a stop. Yeah, you have to slow to a stop to turn on the brakes. And so that just became extreme wear and tear because you're getting these cars going super fast and then stopping and then super fast and then stopping. And so it became so much wear and tear on the cars and the tracks, they just couldn't maintain it. Because, again, they didn't want to put the money in to make the bank turns to actually make it an exciting ride. So it just became this, like, start-stop speed through um, the parks where, again, you really didn't see anything. Nothing really happened. And so people were just like, this is pointless. It was too much to maintain. And so they ultimately got rid of it. The Circle Vision building uh, is now Buzz Lightyear Astro Blasters is what's in there now. Huh. And the okay. people move track just sits there empty. So you just made me realize something because I really didn't realize, you know, like even on trails, whenever I'm running, if I'm on a bike trail, there are all these banked turns if we're going down a hill because so that they're like tilted up. And I always was just sort of like, oh, those are fun because they're kind of sideways and you're not, you know, trying to like stay on flat ground. And then you just made me realize like, oh, no, no, that's also practical. It's not just fun. It's it's for a reason. Yeah. And what's interesting is you, you see a common thread with the last couple we talked about it seems to be budget. Like Disney's like, we didn't have the money. Let's just shorten the track on figment, you know, and not, and not put into it. Um, with, with this one, Oh, we don't have the money. Oh, we don't need to do the bank turns. We'll just have it start and stop really quickly. And, and with our next one too, we're going to talk about, it, it kind of came down to budget cuts as well. And you, you would think hot I, mess this next one. And, and you would think Disney would learn, Hey, if you're going to do it, if it's going it to, right. if it's, yeah, if it's going to cost a little bit extra, 
just spend the extra money now because otherwise you're going to get an attraction that in two years you're going to have to close because everybody hates it. And so now, you know, you wasted, I don't know, let's make up a number, $10 million instead of spending $15 million to actually make it good and something that's sustainable. And again, it's just, it's, it's odd and they kind of do this time and again and you can see a pattern where they're taking something, they have a, a decent idea, but then due to budget cuts or execution, it just doesn't work out and you know, you're, you're not, you're either not like listening to what your audience wants or yeah, you're, you're just kind of cutting it short from its full potential. And then, then you're kind of left with something that nobody really enjoys yeah. and nobody's kind of really happy with at that point, yeah, um, which, point. which brings us to our next one, <laughs> Superstar Limo, which I think Woo. is up there. If you look at like worst attractions Disney's ever done, this is awful. This is up there on the list. This only lasted 11 months. So now we are getting to Less time than Star Cruiser territory here. But again, not the shortest one on our list, though, um, but under one year. So this is a Disney California Adventure. Opened February 8th, 2001. Closed January 2002. If you've ever been over to Universal Studios in Orlando and ridden the Fast and the Furious ride, that's a better ride than this. Oh, yeah. Fast and Furious <laughs> is 100% better. So this one went through a lot of iterations. Again, oh. this is very much what we were talking about of Hollywood, celebrity, that sort of thing. What it originally was supposed to be was a high-speed chase from the paparazzi um, to the Chinese theater. So your celebrity, the paparazzi, was chasing you um, after the tragic death of Princess Diana. That idea was scrapped for obvious reasons. Oh. And so then it was reimagined as a slow attraction dark ride with celebrity cameos um, and a lot of like inside jokes as well and then because of budget cuts so again this is where it becomes like just spend the money if you have the idea spend the money the budget was cut and so all they did was use people that disney already had like contracts with so like Whoopi Goldberg is included. Joan Rivers. Joan Rivers. Regis Philbin. Antonio Banderas. Yeah, uh, Tim Allen. So they only used those celebrities. And the animatronics of them, like it's... They're just very highly cartoonized. They yeah, look kind of strange. They look odd. Like it's hard to explain cartoonized. It's, like a, caric- it's, it's, it's a caricature. It right. actually, they kind of a lot look a lot like caricatures. And they're all like three feet tall. So they're not like life size, but they're caricatures. Um, and it really, it really just became this ride. It was a slow moving ride. It was on a, a track much like um, Snow White or Pinocchio, Winnie the Pooh, something like that. And there's just a narrator on there that basically just says, I think it's Joan Rivers, isn't it? No, she's at the beginning. She was the beginning. Okay. Yeah. But there's like a narrator. And the idea is you're a celebrity going to a movie studio to kind of sign a contract. But along the way you go through Hollywood and there's just a narrator that goes, Hey, look at that celebrity. Hey, look at Antonio Banderas. Yeah, and then and then some of the celebrities will just say a random thing like "hello," like a random quote or something that they have, and then it just goes, "Oh, look, another celebrity." Hey, look, we're on Rodeo Drive shopping. Look at that celebrity. It just became this random Beverly thing. Hills. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was just super. It was super weird. Easily dated. They mention a lot of celebrities that like nowadays. It's like, um, most like most people aren't going to know who they are like especially of the younger generations like these were bigger movie stars when we were kids but even some of them i was kind of like uh well again this is this is 2001 i mean i think they were popular in 2001 but i think to your point that would have been a problem if this ride if it it lasted if it lasted more than 11 months because it would have been like okay 
now, yeah, none of those celebrities, like, you don't have The Rock in there. You don't have Emily Blunt. You don't have some of these people. And I also feel you like... You have to change it out. I feel like celebrity now is not the same as celebrity was because I feel like we really like when in the nineties, early two thousands, you had huge celebrities. And now I think you still do now. I mean, I named the rock. Yeah. I I mean, you have, if you have, I would consider Emily Blunt, like she's not comparable to Julia Roberts. I think she's pretty popular. But if you had, um, I'm blanking on his name, Johnny Depp, the rock. Like if you had basically anybody that Disney does movies with now, in this ride, like they could have kept updating it, but you would have had to do that. I also think the other thing that's it's interesting, like the Hall of Presidents. Yeah, I think the other thing that's interesting is they made a ride about Hollywood in Hollywood. Yeah, it's kind of like, it, do you really think the people that can just literally go to Rodeo Drive or go down to Hollywood and the Walk of Fame and, and see celebrities and stuff really care to go ride a ride with very oddly looking? Um, celebrity animatronics with the narrator just going hey look at that celebrity like it seems like that's not it would be better if you put it in florida where you don't like it's you're not in hollywood yeah like you're not there like it seems it seemed odd yeah um a couple other little things that i noted about the ride there was a nod to the haunted haunted mansion in there so at one point you're going through and and one of the per the the person the narrator goes Ancient success, producers beyond, give us a sign, green light beyond, or something well, like Madame that. Well, Madame Leota's in there. Madame Leota says that. Does she? That's what it is. It's like, yeah, hey, there's Madame Leota, and then she says that. Like, yeah, that's, it's just, yeah. but it, like, it's 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 kind of clunky and just, uh, I yeah, don't the, know. The whole thing's clunky. And then at one point, Whoopi Goldberg's there. I think she has like the longest line. The narrator goes, and there's Whoopi Goldberg. And, and Whoopi Goldberg's like, you made it. Look, here are your fans or something. Because, the, and then you go, then you get you, on set. I had to go back and rewatch it because randomly I'm watching it. It's celebrities. Everything's normal. And then all of a sudden I see like pigs dancing and like monsters and stuff. And I'm like, did I miss something? What happened? And <laughs> I, ride. I went back and what it is, is you enter the gates of the movie studio. So again, it's you going on set to shoot your movie. You're going to be this new superstar. And, um, and so you, you go on set and then basically it is you're filming a movie now. So that's why all this like fantastical stuff is happening. Yeah. But I was like, this seems odd. Like yeah, pigs are just dancing. It's just, yeah, it's interesting. You do that. And then there's like all of these people and they're your fans. And then, then you go into a toy store because uh, there's like toys of you or something crazy like that. Yeah. It's, it's just a very bizarre ride. And again, like there's a lot of like aggression to it. Again, it kind of goes back to some of the other rides where I feel like, I don't know, like um, whenever the, the Tiki room, like a lot of just like this dark like insult comic sort of humor that's incorporated in and it's just like that Disney doesn't was a fly. different time Disney was a yeah, different that, time in the 90s yeah it just doesn't fly nowadays like it's it's definitely not it's just too harsh um and it is just a, it's a fun little time capsule to see because I can remember things being that way and I don't miss it like yeah it, you know it's interesting because Disney during the nineties was like a big expansion in terms of the theme parks mm -hmm. um, and everything. But if you, if you do look at that time, you know, if you look at like the best attractions over time, there's a lot of stuff that was original to the parks. that's still there today. That's classic. And a lot of stuff recently of really good attractions, but that like nineties, there's not really much that came out of that, that you could look at of like, that's one of the best things Disney's ever done. You get a lot more of these things where you, 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 they were, they were kind of swinging for the fences. Like they were trying something, but ultimately they kind of got cut short because of budgets or other issues. And they just, they didn't land right. 
I feel like so in movies they did great, but I feel like there's one one character in the movies that is almost like an encapsulation of some of the things that they did in the in the parks and that's Philatides from Hercules because when you watch that movie back it's just like oh man this is not this is not hit right that the comic like the jokes don't aren't aren't really appropriate and I feel like a lot of that kind of like those kind of humor techniques and things were used in the parks at the time too a little I don't know it's just it's just weird and so some of the ideas to fix this included switching it to something with Goofy. And they were actually, the idea was to use old characters from the Disney stores to save money. So again, <laughs> they're looking to fix it, but again, try to do it in like the most inexpensive way possible. And another version, which I'm surprised this didn't catch on. And it's not even something they try today, but was Miss Piggy's superstar limo, which uh. I think you do Miss Piggy. She's the star of the show. Now it becomes Miss Piggy going to a big premiere. All the Muppets are there. I think that would have done really well. I think in the same way people are like, hey, take the great movie ride and make it the Muppets great movie ride, which was an idea as well. Like, I'm surprised none yeah. of these really caught on. But ultimately, um, what took it over is what's theirs now, and that is Monsters, Inc., Mike and Sully to the rescue. Um, the, the track's the same. Most of the stuff was just painted over. Um, a lot of the animatronics became the... Um, CDA agents and the other monsters. Actually, I believe that Regis, uh, his animatronic was just redressed as Randall. So <laughs> it's the same animatronic. So it's a lot of the same stuff. If you actually look at, if you watch the Superstar Limo ride video and watch Monsters Inc. ride video, you can see it follows the same path. You can kind of see that the animatronics are in the similar places, that sort of thing. So it's kind of interesting of how that that's basically a ride. They just kind of reskinned it. And made it Monsters Inc. Oh, but man. it's a lot better. I mean, with the whole, you know, you have the door scene and Monsters Inc. and everything, a ton better. I mean, anything would be better than than what you had with I mean, Superstar Limit. It is it is the worst of all of these. I'm kind of far. sad I didn't get to ride it. No, I'm not. Because it, <laughs> it, in the way you talk about Fast and the Furious, I mean, that was so bad, it was good. I feel like that was comical. Yeah. Like I feel like Superstar Limo, though, if they would have lasted longer, it would have gotten a bit of a, like a cult following of like, we got to go ride this. Like it, it would have caught on a little bit on how bad it was. And it's, it's kind of some of the same way where three copy years. I thought you were going to say three copy yeah, years. Yeah, that or even like Dinosaur. Like it, it, be, it becomes this whole thing of like, hey, the animatronics don't work. And I think Disney doesn't fix them because you're like, we get better publicity for people to go ride Dinosaur because it's like the animatronics don't work. Let's go ride it and laugh at it, you know, type thing yeah. where you can kind of yeah, get this cult following behind it because it's so bad. All right, but this brings us to the shortest lived experience on our list, which was the NBA experience, which only lasted seven months, um, which is pretty amazing. And it really was the pandemic, I think, that ultimately shut this down. But this opened on August 2019 and is where Disney Quest used to be. So we did an episode a month or so ago all about Disney Quest. So if you're interested in learning more about that, be sure to go listen to that episode. But they tore down Disney Quest completely, built a whole new building. It was 44,000 square feet. And it was all geared around the NBA. You know, Disney kind of announced this. They had a partnership with the NBA. It was going to be this, this whole big experience. You had 13 different activities over two floors. And it was, it was an additional ticket event. So you had to pay $34 for adults, $29 for kids. Um, this kind of came after the NBA uh, used to have NBA City, which was a restaurant at Universal. That closed in 2015. And so this was kind of like their idea for the replacement of it. But in kind of the same way, Disney Quest, I mean, Disney Quest lasted uh, quite a while, but it was 
it was kind of like arcade games type stuff, you know, which you could kind of get at like a Dave and Buster's type thing. Like, yeah, I feel like that some of them were elevated. Yeah, right. But it, it was, um, it wasn't like an experience, uh, like something else at Disney. Whereas like this was kind of like that, where it was very just like odd activities that yeah. you would do. Like they had like a lot of it was like photo shoots, so you could, you lift, could lift the lift the, the trophy. NBA trophy yeah. and take a picture. They had like a they called it like a dunk contest but basically again that was you getting your photo taken dunking on a basketball hoop um they had a whole like draft combine experience where you kind of just stood in front of a screen it told you what your wingspan was yeah it had you jump in the air and it told you what your vertical jump was um and then you shot some basketballs it's just very odd stuff the one thing i thought was really weird is they had a slingshot basketball which yeah, this like, makes no sense, but it looked so fun. Yeah, but like in an NBA experience, they don't shoot slingshots this at is, NBA games. Yeah, so this is completely off-brand. It makes no sense. And it's just like, you know that whoever from the like NBA came up with this was like, this is a dumb idea and it has nothing to do with the NBA, but some somebody was like, no, we have to have this. And I mean, it I is think the they most... just needed things to fill this building. Well, I, that was just... the pro- it was too big. I mean, in the same way Disney Quest kind of you know, it became too big. Like you didn't need to build it that big. 44,000 square feet is a huge space for the activities you had here. If you would have cut it in half, maybe this could have worked. Yeah. I mean, I think that for me that if, you know, if there is an NBA hall of fame, put this by that, because this is, that is the fandom you were trying to appeal to putting it in Walt Disney world is not the spot. Like this is not my fandom. This is not something I'm particularly interested in doing or seeing. I don't, I just, it's just not me, but like, I do think that there are some cool aspects of it. Yes. I think it's too big. There was like this one game that I thought was kind of fun. It was almost like horse, but they put projections down on the ground and you'd have to move to the projection and take a shot. Like there are some cool ideas in there and the slingshot thing again, completely stupid, but also awesome. I would, that's, I would do that. Yeah. But they had like 50 of them. Like that's the thing. Yeah, like, it doesn't the, make like sense. they built it for as if droves and droves yeah, of people, people are, are going to come, come in, in there. And, and when you're going to Disney, you're not thinking like, yeah, I want to do this NBA experience. Right. Like you're, you're right. It, it's not kind of the place to try to sell this. And I think it, it was quickly apparent that this wasn't going to work because shortly after it opened, there was, you know, the reports of it's having trouble getting people to come in. Cast members were standing out front, like telling people, hey, you want to come check this thing out? Because again, it's in a building. You can't tell what it is from looking at it, you don't know what you're getting into and i think kind of the same way we didn't go to disney quest because we would just walk past it and go like i, I don't yeah. know what that is if you didn't know you weren't gonna go into it and so they were you know they were out there passing out you know coupons trying to get people in and it just it never took you know off what? i would have gone in if they would have taped a coupon to a to a basketball and like chest passed it at me like just like whoosh, and like threw it at my chest and i had to catch it and i'd be like what is this a coupon Okay. You would have never gone in for that. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, I just, I just like the image. It, it, but it quickly became apparent that like people weren't going to this. It was not filling up. The fifty plus slingshot things had like two people in them at any time. Like it, it was not something that was really resonating. And in March of 2020, it closed due to the pandemic. So 
That is why it closed seven months after it opened. And then it just, it never reopened. Um, and Disney officially closed it. So this was another one where Disney was kind of silent on it for a while. But Disney officially closed it in 2021. Um, and that building still stands there. They've put some um, other stuff in there. I think that's where you can have the virtual reality kind of testing out an Oculus with the Star Wars Secrets of Batu or whatever that game's called. Mm. I think you can test that out there. That's kind of what's in that space now. But there, there's really nothing that's taken that over. But I have to imagine... I have to imagine the NBA paid something to get this put here. You know, Disney spent a lot of money um, on this. So, you know, it's pretty amazing that after seven months, they closed it and decided not to reopen it. Cause you would have thought there would have been some sort of agreement. Like you got to run this longer. Like we yeah. need to get, you know, kind of our money out of this. But again, I just, I think nobody went to it and they go, Hey, it's better to have an empty building than to pay people because they're probably losing money to staff this thing um, than people coming in. But yeah, again, just, you know, an odd misstep. I get, you know, Disney Quest was old and they wanted to probably, again, try to revitalize it, do something different. They thought, hey, the NBA is popular. People will want to pretend like they're NBA athletes. I think think what the problem is, is basketball is not like an easy sport to do. Like, it's not easy to make a basket. No. And so are you going to, are you going to want to pay money where you're going to go and And make a fool of yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Like you want to do something that, that, you know, do football again, that's a more popular sport, maybe a little bit easier, some of the drills and stuff. So it's like, you're not going to pay money to go do something you're not very good at. Yeah. You have to really great hand eye coordination and yeah, it's, it's, it's not like a, it's not an easy game. I think that I heard somebody one time call basketball the the most athletic sport because I mean there's there's run like a lot of running there's jumping there's dribbling a ball while you're running I mean it, there's a lot in physicality like it it is a tough game yeah so I, I think it makes sense a lot of people didn't go to this I mean I think they probably would have been better trying to do like a Disney Quest 2.0 or just something completely different but we'll see what eventually happens in that space but yeah again seven months pretty phenomenal so how short some of these things lasted but yeah pretty pretty amazing looking back at some of the mistakes you know, Disney had yeah, so if you're, uh, some of the short-lived experiences. If you're ever feeling had. bad about yourself, just, you know, listen to this episode. Even a few Disney times. screws up. And again, we'll put to, we'll put links to all the YouTube videos in the description if you want to check those out. But that wraps up our show for this week. I want to thank everybody again for listening. If you've not done so, please leave us a rating or a review. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. It really helps and we really appreciate it. Thanks for letting us your ears. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you here next Monday. Bye-bye.